The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. As the French would say, déjà vu. Or as some of you may have said, it's déjà vu all over again. Only this time it's not the phenomenon of merely thinking that you've experienced something before it actually happened. This time you actually have. We have. Since we began the year of Mark, during the season of Advent, this is now the sixth time we're hearing the gospel from the very first chapter of Mark. Granted, it hasn't always been this particular number of verses that I read just now. Nevertheless, we are in chapter 1 again, just as we were on the second Sunday of Advent, and again on the Sunday following Epiphany, where we celebrated the baptism of our Lord, and then again another three out of five Sundays after the Epiphany, and now here on the first Sunday of Lent. Here we are again, chapter 1. It's deja vu all over again. You may recall that the Gospel of Mark is known for its brevity. You may also be happy to know that I intend to be brief today. (laughs) Mark doesn't begin with the genealogy and birth narrative of Jesus as Matthew does, or with an orderly account and and detailed narrative of the events of Jesus' life on earth, as Luke does. Nor does he begin with a prologue like John that echoes back to the very beginning in the sacred scriptures where the first three words are the same, in the beginning. No, Mark begins with a title, The Beginning of the Good News of Jesus Christ. I find this interesting for a number of reasons, one of which is that the gospel also doesn't really have an ending to it. Mark doesn't tie up the the gospel with a, a neat bow telling future readers, and they all lived happily ever after. The end. So I can't help but wonder, maybe that is intentional. Perhaps the writer intends for us 
to be drawn into the very beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ so that the gospel continues through us, that it is proclaimed through us, through our stories, through our experiences, through our hands and feet, hearts and minds, eyes and ears, through our voices, through our actions, through our words and deeds, as we journey through the wilderness of our lives, and as we accompany others in the wilderness of their lives. God knows we all experience times of wilderness, times when we feel like we're all alone, times when we feel isolated, cut off, times when we feel as though We're being tested or tempted. Times of struggle. Times of hopelessness, despair, or doubt. Times of pain and suffering. Times of overwhelming grief. Times when we need to be ministered to. Martin Luther kind of defined the human experience by saying, we are all beggars before God, asking other beggars where to find bread. On the one hand, he suggests that all are in need of God's mercy, and that's most certainly true. But it also reminds us that through our wilderness experiences, we are continually seeking and searching to satisfy a deep, hunger within us and a longing for something more. And so just as the angels ministered to Jesus in the wilderness, I believe God sends us angels to minister to us, to show us the way, the truth, and the life, to point us to the bread of life so that we can taste and see the goodness of our Lord as we gather at the table or as we file by to receive with open hands the body of Christ given for you, for me, and drink from the cup, the cup of salvation, the cup that has been poured out in Jesus' blood for you and for me and for all people, for the forgiveness of our sins. Why? Why are we coming together as a community of faith week after week to receive this tiny little wafer and dip it into a cup and eat of it? Why? To be strengthened for our journey through the wilderness and to accompany others in their times of wilderness. From his treatise on the freedom of the Christian, Martin Luther also wrote, That a Christian lives in Christ and neighbor, in Christ through faith and in neighbor through love. Let me say that again. A Christian lives in Christ and in neighbor, in Christ through faith and in neighbor through love. For me, that suggests that those of us who have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever, 
those of us who are God's beloved, we are now the chosen ones, the ones called to bear God's creative and redeeming love to all the world by proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. As God's beloved, as people of God, with God's spirit dwelling in us, we are called, equipped, and empowered to love our neighbor. Not to test or tempt, as Satan does. Not to pray or devour as wild beasts are prone to do. Rather, we are called to minister to them, to serve them, to walk alongside them. In other words, we are to be like the angels that ministered to Jesus in his wilderness. We are called to to be the messengers of God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, knowing that neither we nor those we encounter along the way are truly ever alone in the wilderness. Remember, in this unfolding drama, this never-ending story, Jesus has gone before us. God is with us. This is most certainly true. Amen.